Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Psalm 88 from NIV. A song, a psalm of the sons of Korah, for the director of music, according to Mahalath Lianath, a mascal of Heman the Ezraite. O Lord, the God who saves me, day and night I cry out before you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of trouble, and my life draws near the grave. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like a man without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit and the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily upon me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have taken from my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, O Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do those who are dead rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, O Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, O Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I have been afflicted and close to death. I have suffered your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken my companions and loved ones from me. The darkness is my closest friend. Did we say that that was from the NIV beforehand? Did we mention that? I can't remember if it's, we did or not, so I just want to say it. Yeah, from that's, the NIV. That's, that's the, the New International Version there, so very, very helpful. Um, what a, th- th- This is just a struggle of a psalm, and yet there's something we've noticed over the past few weeks that I think might help us as we approach this psalm, mm-hmm. and that is there are two cycles of Korahite psalms in the, psal- in the Psalter. The, the first one was back beginning in Psalm 42, And then now there's this one that began in Psalm 84. And what we have noticed all along the way is how the two different cycles mirror each other. Psalm 84 mirrors Psalm 42 and 43, which essentially go together, because both all of those psalms, they refer to someone who is longing to be in Jerusalem but isn't there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Psalm 42 and 43 is a little bit darker, a little bit more uh, depressed. Psalm... Uh, 84 is is a little bit more exciting and happy, but it's the both of them are about the person who longs to be in God's city and is not there. We get to Psalm 85, and it parallels Psalm 44. Both of those psalms are where the psalmist is recognizing Israel has fallen, been forgiven, and now Israel has fallen again. Mm-hmm. And because they've been because they've fallen again, they need to be forgiven again. Psalm eighty six is not a Korahite psalm; it's a prayer of David, right? But uh, and maybe I'm making a stretch here. Maybe we just say, "Oh well, there's just these kind of 
these psalms are in the middle here that aren't quite a part of the mirror. But I do notice that Psalm 45 is a psalm about the king. It's a psalm that praises the king. And now Psalm 87 is a prayer of the king. So I think there's a connection there. Then, uh, excuse me, Psalm 86 is a prayer of the king. Psalm 87, as we, as we were there last week, it is a Zion psalm. Right. And when we're back in the earlier Korahite cycle, 46, 47, and 48 are all Zion psalms. These are the psalms that the only scriptures yeah. in the entire Bible that include the phrase of Jerusalem called mm. the city of God city of or God. the city of our God. Yeah, I remember talking about that last week. They, they praise the exaltation of Jerusalem, of Zion. So there's that parallel. And now we get to Psalm 88, which we would be, we probably feel are hard pressed to find a parallel. Psalm 49 is not nearly as dismal and despondent. However, both of these psalms talk about people who are facing death. Mm -hmm. Both of these psalms talk about people who are facing death. Now, that's the similarity. Yeah. But the way they face the death is very different. And actually, when I look at it, it's kind of surprising to me as I see how these two different people face death. How different it is? Yes. Especially when we look at the different people. Because in Psalm 49, it's especially in the last half in Psalm 49. Uh, do you, you mind reading that? You mind turning yeah, over there and no, reading? I'd be glad so to. I, really, I guess I want to, where would I want you to start? Um, go ahead and start, well, actually, now yeah, verse 5 and read the rest of the psalm. I mean, it's lengthy, All but right, let's just yeah. go ahead and read it. Psalm 49 and verse number 5. Why should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquities at my heels surround me? Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their souls is costly, and it shall cease forever, that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. For he sees wise men die. Likewise, the fool and the senseless person perish and leave their wealth to others. Their inner thought is that their houses will last forever, their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man, though in honor, does not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. Well, let me interrupt. I hope we are already seeing here the focus on death. Everybody dies. Even yep. these rich, wealthy people are going to die. They're putting their trust in their wealth. They've, they've named cities after themselves. Right? But he says, look, uh, they're going to die. They're going to die. Man in his pomp is just like the animals. It's very yeah. ecclesiastes Yeah, we don't. Ecclesiastes-ish. I guess that's how we say yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly the outlook in Ecclesiastes. So, but now the last half of this gets really close to this person facing death. So if you go ahead and continue there. Sure. Verse, so I'm uh, going to pick up verse 13. 13. Yeah. This is the way of those who are foolish and of their posterity who approve their sayings. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall be consumed in the grave far from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Do not be afraid when one becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased, for when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lives, he blesses himself, for men will praise you when you do well for yourself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. A man who is in honor, yet does not understand, 
is like the beasts that perish. Here's this wealthy man, this very rich man, who thinks that because he has riches, because he has wealth, everything is good. He -hmm. either thinks God is on his side. I think there's one of two things here. He either thinks, look, this wealth is an indication of God being with me Mm -hmm. and God blessing me, so I'm good. Everything's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. Or if he knows that he's not doing what God has said, like, wow, but look at how wealthy I am. Obviously, God's not out there doing anything about this. Mm -hmm. So he feels like God is... Is not needed. He's not a part of the picture. And so everything's going to be fine. So he actually has confidence, but it is a false confidence. Yeah. And yeah, what's, what the psalmist in Psalm 49 is pointing out is that all of his confidence, all of his joy, all of his peace is misplaced. Mm-hmm. He, he thinks that this wealth means something about him, but he, here's a, but, but the wealth will not do anything for him once he dies. Right. He doesn't get to take it with him. He doesn't get, it, it won't help him. Now we go to Psalm 88, and what we have is rather than someone who is wealthy, we've got someone who I think, I want to say, here is a person who is religious. Here is somebody who is spiritual. I don't know the state of their religion or their spirituality. Maybe it is that they were sinning. But here is somebody that is concerned about a relationship with God. Mm, here is somebody yeah. that is thinking about God and and is concerned about, I don't understand why I'm uh-huh, going through all uh-huh. of this. You know, look, I look across the way and I see this wealthy person, and he's got it great. I'm trying to serve you and look at all these things. I mean, I'm praying to you day and night, and yet well, I'm, I'm, I'm still facing this death. All of this hardship is coming down on top of me. So here's the problem. Uh, go ahead. Well, I, I just, so, just so I'm tracking with you, what you see is in Psalm 49, a man who's dying because all men will. Yes. He's not mindful of God along the way. He's not at all. He's mindful of his wealth and his riches, perhaps his Which name. gives him a false confidence. Okay. Here in Psalm 88, you have a fellow who is in the depths of despair. Because he's facing death. He is very mindful of God. Uh, yeah, he starts his psalm off with, O God of my salvation. Yeah. He's praised to him three times in this psalm alone. So you have two men that are dying. Yes. Okay. And in Psalm 80, uh, excuse me, in Psalm 49, the, the dying man is spoken of in the second person. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 88, it's the first person. In his first person. Yeah. Okay. Someone's so there's, speaking so there's that difference. So okay. in Psalm 49, we're speaking about that guy. In Psalm 88, the speaker is talking about himself. Okay. Okay. So here's, here's the thing that comes up is this seems to be opposite of how it ought to be. The, the wealthy man who is not taking God into account ought to be facing death with fear with with discouragement, ought to be scared to death of it. And we would think that Heman in Psalm 88, who believes in God, who sees God as the God of his salvation, who's relying on him, who's returning to him, ought to be able to face death with confidence mm. in the power of God. We think that, I think that, as we mentioned the other day, because we see how Paul faced death right. in the letter to the Philippians. There, he was able to... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there, there, there's a benefit, there's a blessing to living this side of the resurrection of Jesus. Yes, yes. And, and, and something that they didn't have before it. Something that they didn't have, <laughs> that's right. Here's the thing, I, I don't know, maybe this is a bit meta or it's counterintuitive, but one of the things I just want to bring up is that there is this notion that if you really had faith in God, you would always be happy. You, No matter what was happening, if you just got diagnosed with cancer, you'd still be okay. If your loved ones just yeah. got killed in a car wreck, you'd be able to face that with, with, uh, you know, with great confidence, and you'd be able to find yourself happy. I mean, after all, James says, count it all joy when you meet trials. I, I mean, I, I know that's there. There, there's there's what we understand intellectually about how we should approach death, but I'm yeah. just going to tell you there's there's where we are oftentimes emotionally when it comes to death, mm-hmm. and especially especially if we're the person that is concerned about our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, should 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 Heman 
Should he know more about grace and have more confidence in it? I'm sure he should. Certainly someone this side of the cross and the resurrection ought to have more faith in the working of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say all of that. But I also know that there's just times where, man, things are going on and now I'm concerned. Does this mean, is God against me? Why is he letting this happen? Is this an indication that something's going wrong? Do I need to change and correct something? And I do think for all of the confidence that we should have in the work of Jesus on the cross and all the confidence we should have that we are saved by grace and not by our perfect working, right? I think we're being foolish if we think any of us should contemplate facing God in judgment without any concern at Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. with just, Oh yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's great. Me and God, we're buds. I'm just going to walk in and we're just, it's going to be fine. And I I think any of us who are of sound mind, when we picture the idea of coming into the presence of God, there's going to be a little bit of fear. Maybe not as much as we, as as he has here. Are you kind of getting it that, that rich man in Psalm 49, he probably wasn't being serious enough about death, about his soul. Yes. I'm actually saying that here. Okay. So let me make it very practical. And I know we're about out of time today. I hear about people who are deconverting. Yeah. And after they've gone through their deconversion process, they'll say things like, you know, I've never been at more peace. I've never had more joy. Once I got this whole concept of God and standing before God in judgment out of my life, it was just so much peace and confidence. And I get it. You know, once you decide that he's not out there, I mean, if you believe the hurricane's not coming, then, well, yeah, you can live at peace. Of course, now the hurricane will come anyway, right? Yeah, will wipe your house off the map. But okay, I get it. So there's some people, but that peace and joy and confidence is misplaced. Mm -hmm. All right. I would much rather be the guy who is leaning on God for salvation, but has fear like Haman than be the guy who says, yeah, God, whatever, you know, I'm rich. I'm wealthy. It's wonderful. I think it'll all turn out. Okay. I would much rather be Haman than that Mm -hmm. guy in Psalm 49. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I just want to point out that while it may seem counterintuitive, it certainly is that folks who are concerned about God and obeying God and praising and glorifying God, yes, sometimes we deal with the angst and the concern that we're not doing what we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we've misunderstood. And just because somebody gives up on God and says, you know, this feels good, they're definitely not where they're supposed to be. I I know that's kind of getting... No, I don't know, in, in some deep waters, but I, I hope that's helpful for us to understand. That's what I'm seeing as I compare these two psalms. I think it's a great reminder for us today. I really appreciate it. I guess it's time to wrap up with prayer. Yeah. Is yeah. It, it's my turn, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Holy God, thank you so much. You are magnificent. And I, I admit it, there are times I, I'm, I trust your grace. I trust your son and his work on the cross. I know that when we stand before you in judgment, it's not going to be how well did we measure up. And yet, Father, as we look, uh, many of us have fear. And I pray that rather than being overcome and rather than thinking that somehow that makes us less your children, that we, like Heman, will just continue to hang on to you and that you will strengthen us, that we will hold on to you, and that we will be with you in eternity. Lord God, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Hello, Andrew. Edwin, why are you wearing your Yoda ears today? I'm wearing headphones. What are you talking about? I'm talking about May the Fourth be with you, and I just well, thought you were in you. into the uh, into the holiday today. I I I don't appreciate you making fun of my ears. Yoda ears you wear. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is why we get letters. This is why we get this letters. Is, this is why we get emails. I know. They're like that's that's too much. <laughs> I mean, I take my lightsaber to the office, but I would never wear Yoda ears. <laughs> Psalm eighty-eight, my brother. <laughs> Psalm 88. How, all about right, we, so, how about we read that? All right. I'll be reading Psalm 88 from the... <laughs> I might get an outtake or two out of that one. Okay. I had someone speaking to me the other night, Andrew, about our podcast, and they said, listen, I get a lot out of your podcast, but you and Andrew realize you're not comedians, right? <laughs> I said, well, thanks. <laughs> Part, part, part of the humor is you don't expect it. <laughs> All right, Psalm 88. Let's just jump into Psalm 88. Yeah, we got Psalm 88 Psalm. here today. I'm going to be reading. Obviously, Psalm 88 is why we're laughing and joking so much. So let's go with it. 